Revelation 12:11 And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. Welcome to by the word of their testimony and here is your host Etienne McClintock. Greetings and a warm welcome. Thank you for tuning into the program again today. I'm delighted to have your company and I have a very special guest with me today. Not in the studio, but via the internet, and we're using Viber to connect with Jean Clavis Fashel all the way from the Philippines. Now, Jean, that is your nickname. You tell me your full name is Papa Jean Clavis Fashel. Is that right? Yes, sir. Papa Jean Clavis Fashel. Well, it's wonderful to have you on online and to talk with us and to share your story with our listeners today. Perhaps you can just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're currently doing. All right. Greetings coming from the Philippines. So, yeah, as what Sir Edini said, I, my name is Pafijin Clavis Fashel, and I live and grew up from the, one of the most beautiful country in Asia, Philippines. And I am a full-time evangelist, and I was conducting crusades from many places here in the Philippines and also one of the leader of Forever Free Ministries evangelism online training. And also I am doing radio ministry broadcasting, sharing three angels' message here in the Philippines. And in fact, the Lord has been using Sir Ithini and we praise God for his undying support for two years of broadcasting here in the Philippines. Yes, we've been following your work over in the Philippines, my wife and myself, and uh, from time to time we've been able to um, provide support to help out there to get the message um, on the airwaves in the Philippines. But you've had very much success. The Lord has really blessed the work that you've been doing through radio there. Perhaps you can just tell our listeners about that a little bit. Yes, the Lord has been so faithful and so good. Um uh, regarding about the financial, God is taking care of it. And as a result of this work, many souls has been won to Jesus. And every time we broadcast God's Word through radio, we receive a lot of um, feedback that they have been blessed for the first time hearing about God and listen to beautiful, godly music. And also we have a children's program on radio. And a lot of children um, have been blessed about uh, the story, the Bible stories, and the song that we played on air. Well, praise the Lord for that. Uh, just recently, you also changed from a smaller radio station to a bigger radio station, which has a much broader reach and even goes into the islands in the, in the near vicinity. And uh, you've already had some baptisms from that, from what I understand, because the previous... The previous radio station, I think you were saying there was over 100 baptisms? Yes, sir, exactly. That was amazing. 
Praise the Lord. And that's not just one baptism, but there's been a number of baptisms as you've been doing the broadcasts on Sunday mornings. I think you used to. No, Sunday evenings you used to do them. I think it's Sunday mornings now with the new station. Is that right? Yes, sir. Well, praise the Lord. No, we, and we are grateful. You also work for another evangelism uh, school, and I think they connect through to the USA. Is that right? Yes, I am um, training a lot of Seventh-day Adventist young people online. So as of now, we have like 260 students who are joining the training. And it was really a blessing because in this ministry, we are reaching people in a social media because we know a lot of people are using social media and we know that the enemy was using it. But we can also use this to win souls for Jesus. Amen. So, yes, praise the Lord. Okay. And the name of the training school, the online training school, what, what is it called? We call it Forever Free Ministries. It's actually um, located in Texas. This is the ministry that was hosted by Pastor Mark Fox. Okay. And uh, you online, so you're on Facebook, and they can also find you online? Yeah, you can. For those of you who are interested um, about the training, you can just message me online or through my Facebook. You can search my name, Jean Clavis Fashel. Okay, wonderful. That, that sounds very good. Now, uh, perhaps what we could do is we can step back just to your upbringing, where you were born, and the influences and so forth, if you wouldn't mind. Oh, yes. Um, I often thought I don't have testimonies to share of how I met God because I was raised with very wonderful Christian parents I was and was baptized at an early age. And I would say... My life before was so dark because even though my parents are Adventists and I get baptized, but I don't really know who Jesus is. I was just following by my by the footsteps of my parents, but deep inside my heart, I don't know who Jesus is. So when I am with my friends, I am acting like not, not Adventist, but when I am at home, I am so behaved. But until I reached my first year in college, we experienced massive difficulties. And it came to the point that I could not pay my tuition fee in school. So I was so depressed and disappointed and frustrated at that time. Because not just um, I don't have tuition fees to pay, but we don't even have something to eat. And my dad lost his job. But that morning, a divine appointment came in my life because my mother told me that she has a dream that I am preaching in the mountain with a multitude of people listening to me. And just by hearing that dream, I was like, I don't believe that dream. Who is me? <laughs> I didn't even know Jesus is. Mm. So I am going to preach. So I don't have talent to preach. But it's amazing how the Lord lead me to Amazing Facts Center of Evangelism. And there I met Jesus, and I started to fall in love with God and started to fall in love bringing souls for His kingdom. Everything was changed. So when I come back home, I was a changed person, and my perspective, my goals, my dreams, my purpose, my motives, and my character, everything was changed. Well, praise the Lord for that. So um, 
What age were you when you had this experience, this encounter with God? So I was like 19 years old okay. when I first met Christ in Amazing Fact Center of Evangelism. Okay, so this uh, center of evangelism uh, run by Amazing Facts, is, is that a permanent uh, center in the Philippines? Yes, that's a permanent school of evangelism in the Philippines. Well, praise the Lord. So, so leading up to that, you were saying that uh, although you were a Christian and you were baptized before that, you were a secular Christian, so you were involved in many worldly pursuits? Yes, exactly. <laughs> hmm. And is that is that a common thing for people to be Christian but also be worldly? Or is that just something that was an experience of your own? For me, I, I, I could uh, see this experience to a lot of um, Adventist young people here. Although they are Adventists, but when they're outside, they're acting like non-Adventists. That's pretty very sad. Okay, I think that's probably not something that's peculiar only to the Philippines. I think that's a common thing right around the yes. world. And I don't think it's just a recent phenomenon because I grew up in the Seventh-day Adventist Church as well. And I have to say that I was a secular Christian where I would be a Christian maybe on, on, the, on the Sabbath day only. And during the rest of the week, I had other pursuits. Matter of fact, as a kid, I at times couldn't wait for the sun to set on a Saturday evening mm. so that the Sabbath hours could be over so we can go and do our worldly pursuits. Mm. So, so God has transformed your life quite dramatically. So you were in the church, but then you saw a new dimension and a new aspect to your relationship with Jesus. Yes, exactly. And it's so amazing how the Lord... You know, uses circumstances, using our disappointment to his divine appointment. Mm. But you were saying that you guys were struggling, uh, financially were struggling, you were worried about food, you were worried about tuition fees, and you say that your mom had this dream seeing you preach to a lot of people in the mountains. Now, how was that an answer to your physical needs at that time? We prayed. As a whole family that night, asking God for his help and providence. And it's so amazing how God answered our prayers because he, he uses our auntie from Australia. He's actually from Victoria, Australia right now. And um, she sent help to us to provide the things that we need at that time. And then my mom told me that um, someone would like... So that um, someone could work and help the financial support. And in my part, I was like, I have this dream to become rich. I have to finish my college. And it's so hard. It's really a hard decision for me to stop my college because I have this dream, worldly dream. But then until... I attended a youth conference in Cebu City, and my mom told me that you have to attend the conference. So I was just sitting at the back because I was not really interested mm. about the message. But there was this pastor who is the director of Amazing Facts. He promoted about Amazing Facts Center of Evangelism. And he, the, the, the words that was really captivated my heart was that we only live once. So what is 
your purpose in your life. So I was like, I was really, really melted at that time. I was thinking, yeah, what is really the purpose of my life? So I was so undecided that time because I know that the training cost 25000 um, for me, but but then I was just I have I just prayed that time and asked God if this is His will then He will provide. He knows that I have nothing. We have nothing, but I have confidence in Jesus that He will provide at time. That was the first time I trust God. Praise the Lord. Ever in my life. <laughs> now, when you say twenty five thousand, that's Fili- Philippine pesos. Yeah, that's Philippines, and that's a lot already. Sure. So that's about 650, between 600 and 700 Australian dollars. Yeah, mm. maybe something like that. Yeah, it's a lot of money, yes. It's a lot. Indeed, it's a lot of money. I'm like, that. this is the first time that I'm going to test God's promise in the Bible. Mm. So that is the first time the Lord ever and so when I came back home I told my mom mom I'm gonna be a missionary and then my I could, I could see my mom's countenance I'm like really are you serious I'm like yes mom I will stop my college I will quit my college said I'm gonna go to a missionary a training school of missionary but then mom the problem is I need 25,000 to join the training I'm like, my mom told me, oh, oh, no, 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 do not go. <laughs> we don't even have food right now and so many things that, you know, we need to do. But, yeah, do, just keep that for now. Maybe mm. the Lord has a time for that. And that was the first time I was so depressed. Like, I went uphill because we we're living in the countryside, like in the mountain. So I ran uphill and I cried to the Lord. I said, Lord, I want to go. I want to be a missionary. There's this interest in my heart to to be a missionary. And then I said, Lord, this is, the, this is the time that I will trust you. My mom said, no, but just show me the way. And after a couple of weeks, I, I ring up the, the path court, Amazing Facts, and I told them that I, I am interested to join the training. The problem was that I didn't have the exact amount of money to pay the 25,000 pieces. And but then the director, Pastor Hagen, told that and just come. The Lord will provide along the way. Just come and we will see you next week before the training starts. I'm like, really? I could come even I don't have money? And they said, yeah, just come. By faith, just come. Don't worry about the tuition fees. The Lord will provide along the way. So I got courage to go. And this is the first time that I have to leave away from my family. So while I was traveling on the boat, my mom told me, okay, if that is God wants you to do, then go. So while I was on the boat, I was like, Lord, what would be my life? I was traveling alone, going to Pafco at Iloilo City. I was talking about, I was talking with Jesus all the way until I reached the venue in Pafco. And when I get there, um, the registrar told me, you know, G, your your fees are already paid. Someone paid your enrollment fee. Wow. I'm like, wow, praise the Lord. I was crying. I'm like, it's amazing. 
the first time I have proven God's faithfulness. Mm, so you paid my Christian fees at Pafco. So you had to step out by faith first for uh, someone to, to pay the fees. That is incredible. So how did they know that you had this need? Because I told them when I ring up the registrar that I am interested, but then I don't have, um, I don't have money. So they find ways, talk to people who are interested to sponsor students. So they found one from the U.S. and he sent uh, money for my fees. And okay, so yeah, praise is- the Lord. So, so Afco was actually amazing facts were the ones who found this the sponsor for you. Yes. Well, praise the Lord. That is absolutely amazing. Now, you say you left your previous studies. What were you studying before this? I am studying as physical therapist, and that is actually my dream to be a, a doctor. But, yeah, that is God's appointment in my life. Okay, so so the medical the medical side, the physical therapist side, is that still something that you uh, think that you may pursue in the future, or is that something that's now secondary to the evangelism and the outreach work that you are doing? Um, before, that was my 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 goal is to be a physical therapist. But then, but then after joining the PAFCO, my perspective has changed. Okay. I don't desire anymore to be a therapist but to, to be a soul winner for Jesus. Oh, praise the Lord. Now, you you keep on referring to your mom and your dad. Do uh, you have any brothers and sisters? Yes, I do have um, four brothers and one sister. Okay, so you, you're, you're quite a, a big family and to have the responsibilities for your parents to obviously provide food for uh, a big family like that and at that time not having any food, there would have been a lot of pressure that you were under as a family. Yes, exactly. My my mother, I could see her praying every night, waking up at the middle of the night, praying and crying out to God. And yeah, the faithfulness of my mom, her prayer devotion was also impacted in in this journey <laughs> my life. Mm, praise the Lord. So you've you've had some you have had parents who have been a, a very positive role model for you and a very positive influence, even though things have been difficult at times. Now it sounds like where you live is not right in a big city. You sort of on the outs are you on the outskirts of a city or you're further away from the city? Yes, my parents live at the mountain in the countryside. So that's where I grew up. I just transfer here in the city because my mission is here. I have to reach out to people in the city. So, yes. Okay, praise the Lord. And that's Cebu, is it? Yes, in Cebu City. Okay. I have not been to the Philippines yet, but maybe one day, Lord willing, I will be able to go and, to go and visit there. Okay, Jean, so you've, you've, had this, you've had this call now, a burden placed of the Lord on your heart to change your career altogether one that would have provided you with uh, with good income and good means, and now you are yes. pretty much living by faith. And your first step out in faith is to go to a program that costs twenty five thousand peso, and um, you don't have the money. You step out by faith. You talk to the Lord all the way there as you're traveling towards uh, this program run by Amazing Facts, 
And when mm. you when you get there, the Lord has already provided for the funding for this program. How long does the program run? It took me like four months of training. We have three months, um, you know, learning about the principles, how to give Bible studies, learning um, about the doctrines and so many things. And then after three months, the one month should be engaged in actual, like I have done a one-month crusade. So that's, we call that our OT, on-job training. Okay. And after that, we have our graduation program. Right. Okay. So you actually got to go and run a evangelistic campaign after your three months of training, yes. and once you've completed that, then you can yes. graduate. Yes. So it's a four. It's a four month intensive course. Yes, four months. Four months of training, including the OGD. Right. Okay. So what we could perhaps do now is if you can. Start telling us what's happened to your life subsequent to your graduation at Amazing Facts School of Evangelism. My experience for the first time preaching the gospel was truly a life-changing experience because, you know, I have to stand up in the front and preaching about God. And, you know, after, after the crusade, I am so... I am so discouraged because I was I thought that no one will no one will be baptized because I feel like I feel like I I'm not done all my best to preach the gospel. But then when I do the altar call, inviting them to accept Jesus, my my tears started to to run down because I saw these precious souls. They stood up and they came to the front. And they're so excited to be baptized and to accept Jesus. And that point right there, that was really a life-changing for me. Seeing them for the first time, I led people to Jesus. And mm. for me, that is really addicting, to be honest. That is really addicting. When you see people crying during their baptism, and you know that God has been using you to reach souls. So... For me, that's really a life-changing. And then during the graduation, um, the pastor told me that what is your favorite verse in regards to your um, in regards to your OGT during the one-month crusade? It's found in Philippians chapter one, verse one. That is the that is my one of one of my favorite verse during my my OGT that says. Okay, so what does what does OGP stand for? That's on-job training. On-job training. Okay. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Your favorite verse is Philippians, is it? Yeah. It's found in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. This verse during my crusade is the sweetest words I ever heard. And it says there, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. So wow. seeing these precious souls accepting Christ, I, I it really changes my life that my life is for Christ, my life is for His service, and to get and to die is gain. To die in Christ is gain. So okay. as long as I live, I have to work for the Lord. So this is really powerful. This is very powerful. So this is a lifetime calling and a lifetime commitment that you've made to working for the Lord. 
Yes, exactly. So, so this text, Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. So you see that dying there, because some people think, well, how can you gain something if you die? That is not your physical death you're talking about. That you're talking about your spiritual death, denying of self and taking up your cross to follow Jesus. Is that what you're talking about? That's right. Yes, exactly. You have to deny self, to die to self, just to live for him. Great. Well, dear listener, you are listening to the testimony of Papa Jean Clavis Fashol all the way from the Philippines, and we're in Cebu, Philippines, and we are streaming via the Internet, and it's coming via Viber. But unfortunately, the connection every now and then is just letting us down a little bit. But we are getting most of the recording here. We've got like 99.9% of it we can hear. So we thank the Lord for this connection. We will just take a short break here, and we'll be right back after these messages. Stay tuned. Of course you would think he'd have known better. A rattlesnake happened upon a family birthday party at a lake near Phoenix. So Dad did what anyone would do. He picked it up, that rattlesnake, and started playing with it. I was showing off, he said. But the snake got loose and bit him right in the face, and he would have died if he hadn't gone straight to the hospital for treatment. He was very fortunate to survive. You'd think he'd have known better, except that the Bible says in Proverbs 22, verse 3, A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Rather than entertaining sin, dabbling with it, playing with it, it's best to keep as far away from sin as possible. You would think that we would know better. Let's learn that lesson before we make a fatal mistake. I'm John Bradshaw for It Is Written. Let's live today by every word. Dear listener, welcome back to the program. You are listening to By the Word of Their Testimony, and I have a special guest all the way from Cebu in the Philippines via Viber. So we're using the Internet to make this connection and to record this program. And her name is Papa Jean Clavis Fashol, and her nickname is just Jean. So Jean, thank you for joining us today, and thank you for what you've shared so far regarding your testimony. Praise the Lord. It was a privilege and honor. Now, just during the break, we were talking a little bit about some of the experience that you've had, and you've got a few experiences you can share subsequent to you doing your qualification with Amazing Facts School of Evangelism and what the Lord has been doing in your life and how he's been using you to share the gospel of, of salvation through Jesus Christ. And you would like to share some of those with our listener at the moment. Right. Thank you so much, AP. So, yeah, being a missionary is not an easy journey uh, based on my experience because you have to go places that you don't even know. Sometimes the places that you have to go is really kind of a dangerous, you know, place. But I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna share with you a few of my testimonies. I have a lot of testimonies to share of how God has been so good and have, have been so faithful to me as I work for Him. So I was assigned to this island. I was um, received I received a call from the pastor there to conduct a crusade. And here in the Philippines, if you visit if you visit Philippines, every island has a different dialect. So just like, for example, I'm living in Cebu, so I'm speaking Cebuano. So 
someone lives in Manila, they they speak Tagalog. So in this island, they speak a different dialect, and it's quite very difficult to 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 speak. So here I am. I'm speaking Cebuano, my own dialect. So coming to an island where I don't know the dialect, so it's kind of a challenge for me. But then when I heard a call that there is in need of um, a work there and a crusade there in that island. So I prayed one morning and I said, Lord, you know that I don't know the dialect, but then this is your call. I don't know, but I have this confidence, this um, faith that there are lots of souls who are waiting to hear about Jesus. So I'm going to go and I'm going to claim your promise that you will give me words to speak. And so when I get there, I started to familiarize their dialect. And for me, I really had a hard time like, oh, no, I don't know. I don't know if I could speak their dialect so fluently. But I tried and I said, Lord, please help me. I'm going to start preaching tonight. Please give me words to speak that they could understand. Mm. So all the way from the from the meeting the evangelistic crusade so this this area the pastor told me that you know sister jean the venue is quite a struggle and he told me that there's no adventist it's an entered territory so you could see people living around they are they they are coming from different religion these play this house they are um church of god and so many different religion um, living around. So there is no Adventists. So first night, I, I tell you, friends, that we don't have audience because of the reason they are so devoted in their own religion. So we don't have audience except the children. They're just coming and sitting on the chairs. And I'm like, Oh Lord, why there's no people coming? This is your word. But then why they're not coming in? They're just closing their doors and windows and seems like they they're not interested. Wow. So a second people did not come, only the children. And you know, friends, I started to get disappointed. Disappointed not because um they're not coming but because this is god's message i am so disappointed because no one is there hearing the word of god so i ran to the to the seaside and i cried early in the morning i'm like lord please touch their hearts i know they were just in their houses they're just listening but i pray that the message will come to their hearts and it's so amazing friends that and that on the fourth night, when I started to preach about the Sabbath, which is Saturday, mm. and I could see that the windows from their houses, they started open it, and they were looking at the slides that I have presented. And they're slowly coming into the chairs. And I could see that pe- some people, they're slowly coming out, coming into the, to the chairs. I'm like, Lord, please give me words to speak and please speak to their hearts. And so after that, it was a successful night. There is this one person told me, are you serious about your topic? You said that Saturday is the Sabbath of God. 
but why a lot of people worshiping Sunday? And like, sir, thank you for your answer. But it is written. We could have changed the word of God. It is written in the Bible that seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord. And to make the long story short, that crusade, here comes to the point that I have to share the true church. And it involves a lot of prophecy, numbering. And I have a hard time to, you know, like speak to their dialect. And I pray to God, Lord, this time I'm going to speak Cebuano so that I can, you know, um, deliver the message um, really well if I speak my own dialect. So it is your power to translate the the words to their hearts. So this night, Lord, I'm going to speak my own dialect. Mm. And that's really amazing for me. That is the powerful thing that happened to that crusade. Because I know myself, friends, that I'm speaking my own dialect. But then after the after the the crusade, after the meeting that night, people came to me. You know, sister, you speak so fluently in our own dialect. Mm. So overwhelmed because I know that I'm not speaking to their dialect. That is, is that incredible. Amazing? That is absolutely that, amazing. That God can speak to their hearts. God, the one who translates my words to their hearts. And during the altar call, the last night of my crusade, of the crusade, we experienced a heavy rain. I was preaching under the rain for the first time in my life as a missionary. So this was an open air program where people's houses were in the background and you had chairs set out in the open air with a screen and a projector yes there's no roof just an open open area open wow air. and the and you know the enemy is working so hard because he knows that someone out there someone in the in the crusade has already you know um has already decided to follow Jesus. So during the altar call, the rain came, and it's a heavy rain. I'm like, Lord, what shall I going to do? I am in the point of, you know, calling their hearts to to um, give to you, mm. inviting them to be baptized and accept you as their personal Savior. But then the rain came. And so the pastor told me, Jane, you have to stop because it's raining. You're already wet. But the Lord impressed my heart. Keep going, Jean. Don't worry about the rain. Keep <laughs> going. The people, they're just listening in their houses. So I was preaching with my eyes closed for the first time ever in my missionary life. And I keep on preaching because the Holy Spirit impressed me. Keep going, Jean. Keep going. Do not stop. Keep going. Never mind about the rain. <laughs> and so... After the altar, after I finished my, my altar call, when I opened my eyes, friends, you know what happened? People are coming in, coming, um, coming near to me under the rain with tears in their eyes. So they, these are even people coming out of their houses now? Yes. So they were coming out from their houses, wow. coming into the altar and with tears in their eyes, under the rain, under the heavy rain. And it thrilled me so much that seeing these precious souls under the rain, 
giving their hearts to the Lord, that's really a life-changing again for me. And after that, after the altar call, the rain stopped. It's so amazing how the enemy is trying to interrupt the work of God. Mm. But the enemy doesn't have power. Yeah? The enemy doesn't have power. No. Amen. He has power, but his power is his power is checked by the power of of God and of his, of, of Jesus Christ. Yes. Mm. You you wouldn't believe this, but this is the second time in the last two weeks that I've heard where God has taken language, and He's removed the the, the barrier of language. So you speak one language, someone else speaks another language, and you don't understand each other, and someone gets up mm-hmm. and preaches. And then God actually lets them hear in their own language what is being said. And you've just given us a testimony to that fact. We, we praise God for that. So you, how many people did you have uh, attend uh, that program and on the, and the last night then uh, respond to the altar call in the rain? So, so there were like 12 precious souls accepted Jesus that night. And I could say that there's a lot of people coming in from their house. They're just listening. But there were two, 12, sorry, 12 precious souls coming in and decided to accept Jesus through baptism. Mm. That's amazing. That is absolutely incredible. And, you know, I, I just love your faith to say that, you know, the devil doesn't have any power. We know that he's a very powerful being, but the power of the God we serve and the power he's delegated to us, the delegated authority is far greater. You know, I'm, I'm reminded yeah. of a text in Luke chapter 10 where Jesus, he sends out, first of all, he sends out the 12 and then he sends out the 70 in Luke chapter 10. And then in verse 17, it says, Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And then he says, Behold, I give you power or I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that you that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. So here we see Jesus delegating authority, his authority. He says, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. He delegates that authority to his, his believers that they will have power over the power of the enemy and that nothing will by any means hurt them. So thank you for your testimony just to confirm to us that the word of God is true and you've experienced that and 12 precious souls have made their decision for the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise hmm. God. Indeed, God's word can change lives. I have testimonies to share, but I believe we have just a limited time, but I hope this testimonies also captivated your heart to study more of God's word. It changes lives. Amen. Yeah, thank you very much. Now, we have about another 12 minutes left before we have to take our next break. Have you got more testimonies uh, that you can share with us, more experiences? Um, I was assigned to an island. It's very far away from home. It took me plane, buses, boat, small boat to get into that, to, to get into that island. So I got a call from pastor from there. Jane, are you free? Can you come? and conduct a crusade here and like oh lord this place is beyond far and i asked my mom's permission like mom i'm gonna go to this island to 
for a mission. And my mom told me no, because the island is a lot of, you know, bad people would say. But then the Lord convicted my heart, impressed my heart to go. Mm. So this is, not this, this, this is this is an island with a lot of crime and a lot of violence, is it? Yes. And God said, go, Jean. This is not your life. This is about me. So you have to go. Mm. So then I go to that island. And then the venue was in just a very, very small place, island separated from a city. So I took the plane. I took the buses for six hours, then two hours by plane, six hours by bus, and then another one hour by a small boat. So it's just really a long travel. Mm. So my phone died all the way from my, my travel to the island. And like, oh, what shall I gonna do? How should I contact the pastor about the place? And I was I was so afraid because I don't know the, the place and that place also sp- speak another dialect. They could not understand my Cebuano dialect. So I was praying while in the bathroom, like, Lord, you lead me the, all the way from here. So I have faith that you will lead me right to the venue. So then I, after I arrived, so when I arrived to the port where I have to take a small boat to the island, um, the people told me there that, oh, are you going to the island? And like, yes. And they told me, oh, there's no trip anymore. The, the last trip would be 4 o'clock, but I arrived there at 6 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, oh, no, what shall I'm going to do? I don't have anyone there. I don't have friends in there. So I don't have choice but to stay in the port. And I just look around and saw a lot of um, people, like they're doing um, so many so many bad things. And I was just one lady out there sitting in the port with a lot of um, men doing some stuff. I was just singing, diverting the situation into a cheerful spirit. I said, Lord, I have faith that you will provide a boat for me, no matter what, because this is your work. And after a minute, there was this man, he was just carrying carrying some sacks. I believe that's a rice sack. And he asked me, where are you going, miss? And I told him, I'm, I am going to that island, but the problem was that um, there's no trip anymore. And he told me, why not join with me? I'm also going to that island taking with a very, very small boat. And just by looking at him, I'm like, I don't know if I could trust this man mm-hmm. <laughs> because I heard that the place is quite dangerous. There's a lot of people doing bad stuff. Mm. And I would say, Lord, should I trust this man? But he looks not to be trusted because the way he looks, the way he dress. Like, I don't know, Lord, if I could trust this man. But I was reminded, maybe this is God's providence. So I told the man, okay, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to ride a small boat. And then while I was on the boat, I was like praying and trembling like, Lord, what are I going to do? What will happen to me? I don't really trust this man. But Lord, please, 
touch his heart that he will not do any harm to me. Mm. And at the middle of the ocean, he told me, I know you are afraid. I can see in your eyes, miss. But don't worry. I am the captain of the place. I am the I am the head captain of the place. I manage the place. So don't worry. You don't have to be afraid. I'm going to bring you right there at the at the venue where you're planning to go. And it's so comforting to know that God has provided a right person for me to take to the to the venue. Mm. And knowing that he is a captain and he's leading out the place people. I'm like, Lord, why are you so faithful? It was really amazing. So he take me to the venue and the pastor was, was so amazed when he saw me because he doesn't have any contact with me. I'm like, Lord, that's taking care of me all the way, pastor. That's why I'm here. It was God who leads the way. And I know something is going to happen because from the beginning of my trip, God is faithful. I can see the miracle already. I already experienced the miracle. Mm. So looking at the people there sitting down, ready ready to, to hear the message, I was thinking, Lord, someone here sitting here tonight that you have chosen to be, to be called to accept you as their personal savior. And so, to make the long story short, be after the two weeks crusade, I was so thrilled and so touched that there were like 15 precious souls accepted Jesus. And there was this old woman, she was like 78 years old. He accepted Jesus, and then the next morning, he, she died. And that is so amazing that God has a purpose in that trip although it's quite um it's quite for me it's quite like i'm not pretty sure because it's quite far but god has a purpose in that trip and i can see by just looking at these 15 precious souls and that old woman he accepted jesus before she died for me that's a it's it's really worth it that how you know uses me to reach out these those um, souls mm, what a beautiful testimony so God had placed a, a burden on your heart you had a call from that island which is quite a dangerous island it's a long trip it's a it's difficult to get there you've got to use so many modes of transportation and he, what he had in mind was those 15 precious souls and amongst those 15 precious souls there was this 78 year old lady who was going to hear the gospel. And on the night that you made it an altar call, she made a decision for the Lord. And you're saying the very next day um, she passed away. Yes. Well, praise That's God amazing. for that. You know, the Bible tells us that God sees the little sparrows falling, even the hair of our head is numbered. He is intimately acquainted with us. And Psalm 139 says that, no, where can we flee from your spirit? You know, even if we make our bed in hell, you are there. You know, it doesn't matter where we are. God knows us. And God is in the business of wanting to save us and share the gospel. And God sent you over there with all those difficulties, performed a miracle to get you to that island so you could present the gospel. We praise God for that. Well, dear listener, we are just going to take a short break here. We're going to share our contact details. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back after the short message. 
Thank you for joining us on By the Word of Their Testimony. If you would like more information about today's program, or if you have any questions, please contact 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning 0249733456. Or you can send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can also contact us on our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. We look forward to hearing from you. Dear listener, welcome back. You are listening to By the Word of Their Testimony and my special guest all the way from the Philippines via Viber is Jean Clavis Fashel, although Jean is just her nickname. Her, her full name is Papa Jean. So we've been delighted in hearing your testimony and just hearing how God has miraculously worked through you and shared the gospel through you for people to hear the message Make a decision for Jesus, and an old lady just before the break made a decision for the Lord, and the next day she passed away. And we know that she is sleeping in Jesus until that day. So that is so exciting and so encouraging. But if people want to get in touch with you, Jean, and they want to hear more about, because we know that on the Internet people can listen to our radio program as well. We stream it on 3AB and Australia Radio uh, and on our, on our uh, page, which we uh, just shared during the break. If they want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? All right. So if, for those of you who would like to hear more of my testimonies, of how God has been so good, you can um, contact me or you can add Facebook. I believe it's um, most of people have Facebook. So you can just search me, Jean Clavis Fashel, or you can contact me via email. So my email address is jeanfashel at gmail.com. Or you can enter a radio broadcast, Hope for the End Time, FM 19.4. So we have a live streaming, or you can just message me, friends, so that I can give you the link of the live streaming. Okay, praise the Lord. So if people want to email you, they can email you on, is it Papa Jean Fashel? Dot at, at gmail.com? Yes, my, my email is jeanfashel at gmail.com. Jeanfashel at gmail.com. Yes. I also would like to um, invite you to um, tune in or search or subscribe to our online channel. We have Amazing Prophecies where we put in a lot of Bible doctrine sermon in that channel, so you can also check that out. And also for those of you who are interested to join our online training for every free ministry evangelism training, you can um, click to our Facebook page for every free ministry school of evangelism Philippines, or you can you can send a direct message to me. Okay, wonderful. So if people want to do that training, they can do it online. And in which language is the training conducted? Um, we use English for those people who are coming from different countries. Praise the Lord. Well, just bef- as we wrap it up now, have you got a word of encouragement for our listener out there just before we close this program? So many of us be struggling to find meaning of life, just what, what happened to me in my past experience. But I would see friends that go and study the Word of God, and you will find the answer about the meaning of your life that you're looking at. And because, friends, many people, we live for our family. Or I live for my children, I live for my husband, I live for my wife, for my work, for my business, for my school. 
But remember, friends, that all these things are just temporary. I just want to share with you this verse from James chapter 4, verse 14. It says here, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? And James answered, It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. So here, James emphasized that what is our life? It's just a vapor. We just live here in this world just a temporary, a very short time. So while we were living here, consuming this time, we have to live this for Jesus. We need to live for Christ. And how to maintain that that life being in a relationship with Jesus. And I'm going to share you this very powerful encouragement from Christ, page 69.2. It says, Every morning, give yourself to God for that day. Put all your plans before Him, then carry out these plans or give them up as He guides. In this way, you may give your life day by day into the hands of God. Your life will be made more and more like the life of Jesus. The reason why we exist is to express the life of Jesus. Amen. Okay, and that that segment you just read from the book Steps to Christ is Steps to Christ, page 69 and paragraph 2. Sister Jean... Thank you very much for coming to share your testimony with us today. I know that the people would be very blessed and encouraged by it. And we just praise God for the way he's called you in your life and the work of ministry you can do to bring many souls to Christ. May God continue to bless you and keep you and prosper you and all that you do is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Dear listener, thank you for joining us again on By the Word of Their Testimony. We look forward to catching up with you next time. Until then, may God continue to bless you and keep you, and may you spend time in His Word. May you spend time in prayer so that you can have that communication with God and open your soul to Him so that He can speak to you and be open to receive the Word that He is willing to minister to you today. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio. We hope you enjoy the short presentation on the history of the Reformation from lineagejourney.com. Whilst the Celtic Church was maintaining the pure apostolic faith in the British Isles and evangelizing there as well, the Waldensians were doing the same here in Northern Italy. The word Waldensian means people of the valleys. Originally though, in Italian, it was Valenses with a V. It was translated into the French as Vaudois. But in the 12th century, the V changed to a W and one of the L's became a D from where we get the name Waldensian today. The Waldensians did not see themselves as reformers. They did not see themselves as needing to separate from Rome, for they said, we have never belonged to it. 
They said they are part of the apostolic faith and could trace their origins all the way back to the early centuries. In fact, when we look at the history of the Waldensians over several hundred years, if not millennia, we can see that they were around in the very early centuries, in the fourth century with Vigilantes. We can see them in the seventh, the eighth, the ninth century. Some people say that the first Waldensian was Peter Waldo in the 12th century, but this is not really accurate. Whilst it is true that Peter Waldo was a merchantman from Lyon, he did sell all of his goods and commit his life to the preaching of the gospel. He was not the first Waldensian and their roots trace back much before him. In fact, one of the early names for the Waldensians was actually the word Insabati showing clearly that the Waldensians were Sabbath keepers as they were named after the very day upon which they worshipped. As the Waldensians were coming up in the early centuries and the Roman Catholic Church was forming as well, both of them saw the heathens around them as a mission field. But whilst the Roman Catholic Church used the power of the law and the sword and political alliances to win people over, the Waldensians put their faith in the strength of God's Word. When you gaze on the magnificent mountains that surround us, you cannot but admit that God provided a safe retreat for His people. To the Waldensians was given the task of passing the light on to the Protestants of modern time and penetrating the darkness with true Bible doctrine. Indeed, they maintained longer than any group in the struggle to preserve the Bible and primitive Christianity. In upcoming episodes, we're gonna see the caves in which they hid and where they met for worship. We're gonna see the places where they trained their young people in how to study the Bible and in how to be missionaries. We're also gonna climb mountains and see the cliffs over which the Waldensians were hurled to their death in times of persecution. Truly, the Waldensians stand to us today as a group of people who believed in the Bible, as a group of people who believed in mission service. They are a key part of our spiritual lineage today. To view more episodes in this series on the Reformation, go to lineagejourney.com.